0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode three of Seasons of Mom. Today, I really wanted to talk about postpartum expectations versus reality. There is obviously a lot that we can dive into here, um, and I do have a few like bullet points that I definitely want to touch upon, um, but this is also going to be coming from the lens of me, obviously, um, as a strength coach and as a mom of a one-year-old. So take this all with a grain of salt, if you will. Um, This is really just a lot of, you know, a mixture of my personal experience, um, which I, you know, a lot of which I never even anticipated, right? A lot of uh, outcomes, right, the expectations versus reality that were completely the completely blindsided me. Um, and I, I share these, you know, these experiences, um, both in hopes that someone, anyone (laughs) can relate. Um, and also from a, from a point of view that I didn't really feel like I had during, uh, even preconception and then during pregnancy, um, right? This big postpartum anticipation. Um, there's such a buildup, and I felt like and still feel like there was such a lack of honesty. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Seasons of Mom podcast. I'm your host, Megan Thomas, strength coach, entrepreneur, and fellow overwhelmed mom. I am a firm believer in having to adjust your expectations to the different seasons of life we all experience, motherhood being the most profound season of change. Through this podcast, I hope to be your peer in all things parenting, family life, and day-to-day struggles, and I hope to be your coach as it relates to prenatal strength training and movement, postpartum rehab, adjusting to life with babies, and how to find you again, or if you're lucky, someone totally new. Stick around for some exciting expert interviews, client stories and interviews, and general humor and relatability. Let's embrace this season of mom together. I have been having a really difficult time. (laughs) Let's just start there. Uh, The past few weeks since our son Kane turned a year old, he turned the big one and My God, does that just come with so many bittersweet emotions, right? Um, Just, you know, over the fact that we just celebrated his first birthday and that, especially as a a first-time mom, that's a huge milestone. Number one, we survived. No one died, okay? So let's just get that out of the way. And number two, it's just uh, watching him go through all of the, his firsts, right, um, and go through all of these changes and just the the developmental leaps and the all of the nuances that come along with a baby turning one. It just brings on a lot of emotions um, for both the parents and the baby. You know, he's on the verge of walking. He is babbling more and more. And I can just see his little brain Like, trying to form words and just, like, make sense of it all, right? Um, So, it's just, it's it's been a lot. It's a lot. Um, We even, we transitioned him off of formula and exclusively onto whole milk. So, that was a whole other, you know, bittersweet transition. Um, Both Corey and I both, like, teared up when we, like, threw out his last canister of formula. It's just, it's just a crazy... Crazy, crazy emotional roller coaster. Um, so you know, it's just a lot of changes happening over here, and that's bound to bring on a lot of fussiness for him and for mom. <laughs> and um, it's just been a roller coaster over here in the Thomas household. Uh, I even I said to Corey, and I even brought it up on my Instagram stories the other day, how I just feel like I need to go somewhere and be in a quiet room filled with just candles, a pumpkin spice latte, because I'm that bitch, and just sit there by myself for two whole days. Like, that's just genuinely what I feel like I need. But I also know that the second I get there, wherever that is, I will miss Kane and Corey, but mostly Kane, too much and come home within an hour. So there's that. Anywho, that's what's going on over here. And for today's episode, um, I guess it's kind of a good segue, I've really kind of wanted to go in depth, more in depth about this um, for a while now. And that being postpartum expectations versus reality. Now, I mean, you know, this, I could do, this podcast could literally be 17 hours long. We could talk about pregnancy expectations versus reality, obviously postpartum expectations versus reality. Uh, everything, everything, right? Now I say that because so much could be discussed here, right? Um, When specifically speaking of postpartum expectations versus reality, there is so much that we experience and we go through and we feel and we see and we, you know, all of it during postpartum. Um, So I do kind of want to, you know, just for the sake of this podcast not being seven hours long, I wanted to narrow it down to just a couple bullet points um, and and kind of you know come at it from the lens of um both my personal experience um, with my son and also just what i what I know um, at through research through experience through working with clients through my education yada 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 um, so a lot can be discussed here but I know for me personally, um, I was not exposed to a lot of raw, honest truth about what postpartum actually looks like. I felt like a lot of what I saw was very much, you know, pregnancy-related struggles, which Like I said before, that could be its whole other podcast, its whole own podcast. Um, Because, my God, our pregnancy struggle is real as well. And I absolutely experienced that beautiful adventure, too. Um, But even still, you know, very little true side of pregnancy struggles. um, But even less of the struggle you enter when baby is actually born. I, personally, was also very much of the mindset that... Because I have the training that I do, I'm a strength coach for a living, like, oh, I've I've got this, like, I'm meant to do this, my body knows what it's doing, I'll heal so quickly, like, I'll be okay, right? (laughs) Postpartum um, does not discriminate, you know? So that really hit me hard that no matter what I thought I knew, and i'm humble enough to say this no matter how much i thought i knew or how strong i thought i was it did not matter when it came to the especially the early postpartum period now information is shit without without a good amount of context right so for the sake of context let's let's start here i think when the topic of postpartum is brought up or discussed it's often thought of as just postpartum recovery, right? Like the actual physical healing that needs to take place after you've had a baby. However, when I think about postpartum, and again, this is also just going through experience with, you know, the past year since I had my son. When I think about postpartum, it is so, so much more than that. Postpartum is forever. And I don't think that's said enough. Well, I know it's not said enough. Postpartum is a new way of life, right? It's it's an entirely new identity that you've adopted, and that affects you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And it looks different for every single woman and every single baby. With that being said, the expectations you may have had or do have right now if you are pregnant with your first or hoping to conceive in the future or whatever it may be. For what your postpartum experience was or is going to look like could be very different than the reality of what actually went or will go down. Now, I don't like I do not want this this podcast, this episode to be a scare tactic, right? That is so not my intention here. So, um yeah, let's just say that. That is <laughs> so, so not my intention here. This is simply coming from the perspective of, I wish I had more, like I said, more raw and honest truth about what the hell you're getting into as a new mom, right? This is simply, that's all this episode is for. Because um, I think that's important. And that's just how I roll. If you don't want that kind of honesty, that's cool. You can go ahead and get out of here. No no offense taken here. Um I wish I could. I truly wish I. Maybe I will scream this from the rooftops that it is so so normal to have your reality of postpartum, what that experience is like for you, be so vastly different from the expectation you had. That is so normal. The reality of postpartum, having the reality of postpartum hit you like a ton of bricks is so normal. So now that we know postpartum is forever, and maybe even let me dive into that a little bit further. So what I mean by postpartum is forever. I don't mean you're going to literally be bleeding and healing from a tear, possible tear, and like just continuing to heal forever and always. That's, that's not what I mean. Simply, postpartum is forever because you, once you've had a baby, you can't go back. Right? Like There's no like, you can't reverse engineer that. So that's, that's what I mean by postpartum is forever in that aspect from like the healing and physical side of having a baby. But postpartum is also forever because you are now forever a mom, right? You're forever a mom. You've had a baby, whether you choose to have more babies or not. Um, and while obviously, yes, there are uh, physical considerations, um, as far as your daily life and your activity and fitness and all of that comes into play, especially in early postpartum. Um, there are also, there are also like structural changes that take place within our bodies, not always, but, but more often than not. Um, and that's, I mean, you know, that wouldn't have happened had you not had a baby. So that's, that's a little bit more context about like postpartum is forever. I don't, I don't mean that you're going to be, you know, healing forever. So people often, you know, associate postpartum as just the first six weeks after having a baby, right? That's all people think postpartum is. I shouldn't say all people, but most, most people think postpartum is six weeks after you've had a baby and then Cool. Six weeks has passed. You're considered normal. Congratulations. Your baby is here. Everything is now magical and you're both going to live happily ever after. This, you know, popularized six week mark that you're, that every woman now just assumes like, oh, I just have to get to six weeks and I'll be cleared. Great to go to return to normal activity. I'm like, I'm good. I'm fine after six weeks. (laughs) The reason this even became a well-known thing is simply due to the 6-week checkup that you have with your provider after you've had a baby, right? All the 6-week checkup is and the reason, you know, it turned into you're cleared to you're cleared after 6 weeks, all your provider is looking at is the actual t- tissue healing right your vaginal tissue they're going to check on a tear if you had your tear they're going to make sure the scars healed i'm sorry not the scar the stitches healed up because the stitches when you do have a tear they, they they're dissolvable you don't have to get them removed um or they're going to check on your scar if you had a c-section obviously make sure there's no infection that it's healing nicely they're going to ask about probably going to ask a little bit about your your mobility um with the scar if you're feeling any pulling any tightness any you know so on and so forth. So the actual like being cleared at six weeks is just from that perspective, from a tissue healing perspective. Um, Are you still also, you know, they should go over like if you're still bleeding, um, if you're experiencing any other symptoms, check your blood pressure, so on and so forth. But from, you know, the medical side of things, that is what you are being cleared of. Just Tissue healing and your overall general health and well being. That is what being cleared at six weeks means. There is no discussion of pelvic floor physical therapy there or or discussion about your pelvic floor at all. Um, I, well, okay, I, I guess I'll be nice and I will say that um, you know your medical staff, your provider and their team, um, they are not. That's not their job. That's not their job to understand the pelvic floor or to um, discuss at all um, pelvic floor rehab. However, I'm baffled by the fact that that's not even suggested, that that's not a required next step in your postpartum recovery. The fact that providers are not allowing or not allowing are not suggesting um and even helping you set up an appointment with a pelvic floor physical therapist during your six-week postpartum visit is crazy to me and honestly just another sign of how deeply uh women are let down <laughs> in the pregnancy and postpartum care world we'll just call it that um So there's no discussion of pelvic floor physical therapy. There's no discussion of uh, progressive rehab through movement and exercise um, and starting from a very, very low impact and low volume scale um, or just any kind of continued care whatsoever. You literally go from seeing your provider almost every single freaking week throughout pregnancy to then having the baby going six weeks, going to see them once at six weeks, and then literally you're done, goodbye, get out of my office. I'm never going to see you again until your, your yearly exam. Like, it's just wild. Uh, I could, you know, again, I could go over uh, an entirely other podcast on that. We could spend hours. But it is truly crazy. Um, the postpartum care for, for women, for moms, is just, it's so unreliable. It's just completely unreliable. Um, so, there is no exact or concrete timeline for what postpartum recovery should look like. It certainly is not six weeks. Um, and it certainly is not a year either, right? I've, I mean, I personally uh, am a year postpartum. Um, I, j- oh, gosh, what was it? Seven months postpartum? I think seven months postpartum was when I finally felt comfortable enough to truly start incorporating exercise, like a, like a progressive overload, actual like program to follow, um, with of course, you know, modifications and adjustments to meet my postpartum body and needs. Um, but it was not until the seven month mark that I felt comfortable doing that on the opposite end of that spectrum. I have worked with clients who have been two months postpartum, right? Eight weeks. They've been cleared by their doctor at six weeks. And at eight weeks, they came back in, felt comfortable enough to start, um, you know, slowly progressing and just being in the gym environment again and taking it one day at a time. And they've done great with that. And then I've also had clients and friends of mine who have, like me, it's been a year or even longer. And they're just like, no, I just. I don't feel comfortable yet. So there just is no, there's no concrete or perfect timeline of what postpartum recovery should look like. That is so normal. Then comes the issue, or issue is a terrible word, the topic of body image, right? Personally, this has been my biggest postpartum struggle. Um, I have always identified as a strong woman, right? And I know that sounds kind of corny, but I mean that in every sense of the word. I have always aspired to be strong in the gym, have strong friendships, uh, simply by meaning I've never been someone who allows many people into my circle. Um, I, I've always held on to, you know, the really good ones. I don't have a lot of acquaintances, if that makes sense. Um, I have always strived to and have always (laughs) succeeded in having a strong mindset and really speak up about my opinions. I'm stubborn. You get it, right? So when I spent so much of my life building this strong exterior to match my strong mindset, and then I'm thrown into the depths of postpartum, it quite literally shook my identity to its core. I was left with a body, and still am, that I didn't recognize. And to this day, over one year later, I still massively struggle with looking at myself in the mirror, if I'm being completely honest. Um, You know, there there are stretch marks where I didn't even know you could get stretch marks. There's loose skin on my stomach and on my thighs. My boobs lost their shape. Uh, again, I'm, you know, I'm humble enough to say all of this. It's, this is, this is part of it, right? This is what I never heard being discussed. Um, there are, there are all of these physical changes that you're kind of left with feeling like you're looking at someone else's reflection in the mirror. And that can be really, really hard to cope with for a while. Um, now, I'm not saying this is going to be everyone's experience. Again, this is simply speaking from my own personal experience. But, um, I, you know, it is a fact that pregnancy changes your body. And, you know, with this massive and, frankly, dogmatic um, bounce-back culture that we have so lovely developed, um, as if women don't have enough pressure on them to... <laughs> do it literally everything and be perfect at it and have a smile on. Um, We then have to go through pregnancy worrying about our bodies changing and then deal with the incredible hardship of postpartum um, with very little support. And, you know, um, have to deal with this bounce back culture that we need to get this body back. We need to have our pre-baby body back. And the reality of that is... You might never get that back. Yes, you can lose the baby weight, you know, and I hate even saying that. Um, You can lose the weight that you gained during pregnancy. Yes, of course, that's highly possible um, and probable. But you may never have the same body that you did before having a baby. You literally grew a human inside of your stomach and then pushed it out of you. Like the fact that we can't wrap our minds around that and accept that our body's not gonna look the same after that is crazy. And it like we we deserve better. Like that's that's not okay. In addition to you know, the physical appearance of our bodies changing or possibly changing, again, I don't wanna, you know, make a blanket statement and say it's gonna happen for everybody, but it's possible, right? There are also legitimate structural changes that occur to our entire system. There's, of course, the obvious changes that occur to our, our core system, right? Your abdomen, the stretching of our skin, the stretching of that midline in our abs, which is called the linea alba. Our organs have to literally move out of the way to make room for baby, etc., right? Right? But what is not often, is not often talked about are the changes that occur during pregnancy that stay with you after the baby is born. Your rib cage changes and may not go back, right? This was something I also did not know. I, it's, it's, you know, it's possible for it to go back to its normal placement, but you know, and through exercises, um, core exercises really, where you can kind of pull at the muscles that pull at the ribcage—not pull at the muscles, work the muscles that pull at your rib cage—can definitely help that rib cage lower back into position pre- that it was pre-baby. However, again, like like everything, it depends, right? It depends. That's not guaranteed. You could be left with a, a wider rib cage, and we have to get new sports bras forever and always. Um, your gait and your actual foot size changes. Mine did. I went up a whole shoe size. No, half a shoe size. I was always able to wear a size eight and a half or a nine. Like I kind of bounced back between the two depending on what kind of shoe it was. I am now a solid nine. Can't even fit into an eight and a half. Um now I don't know the exact reasoning behind that, but I can kind of gather that. It, it makes sense, right? Your your gait, right? like how you walk, literally changes when you, when you are pregnant. Um, you know, your center of gravity has completely shifted. So it's natural that where you put a lot of your pressure and hold your weight on your feet is going to change during pregnancy. And that doesn't always return back to quote unquote normal or what it was pre-baby after you've had a baby. Um, so there are literal structural changes to your feet that can bring on a lot of orthopedic issues. Um, like I said, your your shoe size could literally go up. Um, you're having to essentially retrain your body how to move again without a giant watermelon attached to the front of your body, right? So that takes time. Then there are the unexpected hiccups, we'll call them, that can occur during the postpartum experience or postpartum period, that no one ever freaking warned you about, or that you've never even heard of, like the pup rash, or pups rash, P-U-P-P-P, rash, okay? If you've never heard of pups rash, P-U-P-P-P, it stands for, I'm going to totally butcher this, but it stands for (laughs) pruritic, urticarial papules and plaques of pregnancy. Wow, I actually think I got that correct. Anywho, obviously you can see why it's abbreviated as pup. Um, It is a horribly uncomfortable rash of the skin that starts on your stomach and it spreads throughout the rest of your freaking body. And I mean everywhere. It is basically a reaction of the stretching of your skin in pregnancy and the oils of your skin becoming irritated. The caveat is it is most commonly discovered during the third trimester of pregnancy unless you're me and you're a lucky one, very lucky one, one of the rare ones I might add, like this happens in 0.5% of pregnant women. And you get it, four weeks postpartum while you're home with a newborn and in the depths of postpartum recovery. I really wish I was making this up. And sometimes I tell myself that it all wasn't real and that it was just a terrible nightmare. It was not. Um, It was really freaking real. It happened. So yeah, uh, four weeks postpartum, I started, you know, like the I have um, stretch marks on on my stomach from getting pregnant, and they're around you know like just below my belly button. I was a very I carried very uh, large and very like forward, um, l- very low and forward um, was my my stomach. So I have a lot of stretch marks on the front of my stomach, just under my belly button, and they st- around three three ish weeks for postpartum they started like the actual like stretch marks started getting really itchy and I'm like I didn't think anything of it because I'm like they're you know they're stretch marks whatever so I would you know I was constantly like scratching at them I was moisturizing I had and I had used you know lotion moisturizer the freaking cocoa butter like everything out there that they tell you to put on your pregnant belly I used right so this isn't even for lack of trying to keep moisturized um Like, and take care of my skin during pregnancy. Like, trust me, I did that. Um, So they were super itchy and just incredibly uncomfortable. And like, literally over the span of a week because I think it started around three weeks postpartum, excuse me. And over the span of a week, it just got worse and worse and worse. And then it started spreading, like just the itchiness started spreading. Right. So it was like, then it was kind of like all over my stomach was really, really itchy. And then it start like my, my boobs started getting really, really itchy, which again, I just assumed was from, um, well, no, this was three weeks postpartum. So I, um, I know I have, I've, uh, hinted at the fact that we formula fed our son. Um, I did not breastfeed at all. I, you know, my milk, when my milk came in three days postpartum, um, I went through the process of, uh, just letting my milk dry up and within a week it it did, it was fine. Um, but I just assumed, you know, whatever itchiness spread to my boobs. And then I figured it was just from, you know, the stretching and then the shrinking down of my boobs again, which now I'm left with nice mom cake, like mom cake. I call them mom cake boobies, pancake mommy boobies, mom cakes, you know, anyways, so. Nitching started spreading. And then it started, exactly four weeks postpartum, it started turning into a literal rash. And this, oh God, I, I, I've like blacked it all out, literally. But um, it just started, it was worse and worse and worse by the day. If you've never like seen, like because there's no way to experience this or or understand it, I mean, until you've experienced it. So it like just... Do yourself a favor, or maybe don't if you if you're you know don't want to know about this, but if you do and you're curious, just look up pictures just google pup p u p p p pup rash uh just go ahead and google images of that, okay, and now I want you to multiply that by ten because that is how bad it was for me. I had to go on a literal oral steroid because it it just it just turned like systemic to the point where any topical ointments. I was taking Zyrtec, like the 24 hour Zyrtec and Benadryl on top of each other with, by the way, with a a newborn who was obviously not sleeping through the night at four weeks postpartum was super fun to take that and be groggy as hell and be up all night. The joys of motherhood, right? So I had to literally be put on oral steroids. Um, and it took, it took six weeks to go away. Now, again, this is a, it's a, it is a common rash. I had never heard of it, but um, once I got it, obviously researched the hell out of it. It is a common rash to happen during the third trimester of pregnancy. It is very, very rare for it to happen during the postpartum period. <laughs> like, what the hell? So that was one of my super fun surprises postpartum that was not at all in any of my wildest expectations. But there you have it. Now for one of my favorite postpartum expectations versus reality, and by favorite, I mean it's the one that pisses me off (laughs) the most, um, is the expectation of postpartum being a time of rest. Okay, let's all laugh together. Now, this one is hard for me though, and i 'll like honestly hard for me, because I know and understand the physical need for sleep and general rest during this season, especially um, for both the healing process to really take effect, but also for the mental health side of of postpartum right however. <laughs> Rest is probably one of the last things you're going to be doing during postpartum, especially early postpartum. And I remember this being really hard for me personally, and not even because I was fighting so hard to get rest because, you know, like I needed more rest, but I actually wish I told myself to rest more. Uh, I don't even know if that made sense, right? Like, I, (laughs) I remember this being hard for me because I wasn't resting. Like, I wasn't fighting to get more rest. But looking back, I wish I did that. I wish I told myself to rest more. So this looked different for me because I felt so good, honestly, after giving birth. I just had such a crazy hard and uncomfortable pregnancy That I was just so excited that Kane was here and that I was not pregnant anymore that I was just like, let's do all the things. The laundry needs to be done, the dishes. Let's clean the house. I can just strap the baby to me in the carrier. Everything is fine. Like, that was literally me postpartum. Okay. That's also just my personality. (laughs) But I, you know, and then that turned into me being not so fine after a while I it literally led to multiple breakdowns because I just you know I was just so excited to not be pregnant anymore to have my baby here and to just be able to like be home with him and like do all the things and like whatever it's fine I feel okay but I felt okay until I didn't feel okay for context here my husband, Corey, is a police officer in addition to us owning our personal training studio together. So he only got six weeks off from the PD um, and that was only possible um, be or by having to use all of his sick time and all of his holiday time um, to even make that six weeks off a possibility. Uh, that discussion is an entirely other topic for another podcast, but because, um, you know, Paternity leave um, and maternity leave is shit in this country. Anyways, um, so that meant that I had six weeks of quote unquote maternity leave, right? And I was back to coaching on my feet at six weeks postpartum. Um, I, of course, you know, it's different for for me. I didn't have a choice. I, you know, I work for myself. We we own our business, Um, and Corey has another full time job that he had to fight to even get six weeks off. So. During those six weeks off, um, he was obviously, you know, he was coaching all of the sessions at the gym. He was off from the PD and I was home with the baby and doing all of the things at home. Um, and then he would uh, come home during the middle of the day, during the gym's off hours to help and and to be with Kane. But I never rested, right? Like, I mean, I, I was at home with a newborn and I couldn't rest. Um, but then even when I had the opportunity to, I chose to do other things and, you know, clean up or go to the store or, you know, do whatever, right? One of my favorite quotes, and I mean favorite sarcastically, is you sleep when the baby sleeps. Again, I say, let's all laugh together. If you have been through the having a baby and being in the newborn and early postpartum phase, that is impossible, okay? Not that, I shouldn't say impossible. If you are lucky enough to have help at home, like 24 seven, um, or you, you know, you, you decide to hire a nanny or whatever it may be, you know, you have help in whatever capacity and you choose to, when the baby is actually sleeping to rest, I fucking applaud you. I apologize for swearing. I applaud you. Um, I was not that person. And I know for a fact that there are many other moms who feel this way when the baby is sleeping is your opportunity to literally do Anything else possible for yourself or for your home, right? That's when you get to clean all of the bottles and bottle parts or pump parts. If you're breastfeeding, that's when you get to do any of the other dishes. That's when you get to eat and actually fuel yourself. That's when you get to, you know, vacuum up the whatever whatever or like change your clothes from the breast milk leaking all over you or formula spit up or baby vomit or poop or pee or you know like god forbid take a shower whatever right do anything for yourself the only time you have to do that is when the baby is sleeping so the you know the saying like you sleep when the baby sleeps That's just, whenever the baby's sleeping, that's when you need to sleep. It's a crock of shit, in my opinion. Now, does that mean I wish it were true? Yes, I would love to have told myself to sleep when the baby was sleeping. And who knows, maybe with baby number two, I will do that. Maybe my whole mindset will change and I'll be able to actually slow down and rest. But for my first postpartum experience, that was not it, right? Um, so, So this one really, you know, this expectation versus reality of resting, um, really hits home for me because I just, I do, I wish I had forced myself to rest more because of the importance of it. Um, but it's hard because of, because of the reality of what that looks like, um, being able to truly rest when you have a newborn at home. It's just, I hate to use the word impossible, but that's what it felt like. It felt impossible. Um, even if it was, you know, near impossible, and it was, um, during those, you know, those small windows of opportunity, I do wish I took advantage. But I don't know. I don't know. I just, I never, I never felt like that was a possibility to take advantage of. With that being said, there is this and I know this isn't just me. There is this underlying pressure as women that we feel, I think especially as moms, as new moms, not even just new moms, as moms in general. There's this underlying pressure that we feel and <laughs> um sometimes um is is pushed upon us, not even that we feel to to do it all, right? And I hate and I, you know, I feel like that sounds so Cliche. Um, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Um, I, have, I have an amazing husband. He's an amazing father. And he does a lot for us. But even, even so, I have always, since even before Cain was born... I've always felt this sense of needing to just do it all, to do all of the housework, to do all of the laundry, to do all of the shopping, the cooking, the cleaning, the organizing of plans, the whatever, right? And especially now that that Kane is here and when I first had him, I still felt that pressure. Um, Even though I, I knew it was a time to rest, It was a very hard thing for me to to turn off that need to still be able to get it all done. And that could just be my personality. You know, I am a bit of a control freak that literally could just have been coming from that perspective um, and just my general mindset towards our our household and and my life. But um, I don't feel like I'm alone in in saying that in saying that. Um, and in saying that that was my, that was my experience and feeling, um, even in postpartum that I just, I still felt this pressure to, to do it all. Um, but you know, again, I wish, I hope for baby number two, if we are so lucky, um, to really, really, really take advantage of resting um, whenever and if ever you are lucky enough to find pockets of time to do so. Um, Your body relies on it, your mental health relies on it, and your baby relies on it. But again, that being said, as important as it is, that expectation versus the reality of being able to truly rest, it's, it's vastly different. Postpartum is just filled with more love and more joy than you ever thought could exist inside of you. But it's also one of the hardest transitions and sometimes traumatizing experiences of a woman's life, right? Both can be true. And I'd even argue that the latter just makes you a tougher and greater parent, right? That you can accept that both of those can be true. Both of those feelings can exist. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It means you're a completely fucking normal mom. I think there's, I think there's beauty in honesty. Um, and I aim to be completely transparent, raw, and real when it comes to All of the nuances and struggles and joys of pregnancy, postpartum, and motherhood. Um, So with that being said, I hope that you either found something helpful or relatable from this episode. Um, That is all I really want to do on here, you know, in sharing some of my experiences mixed with some education. Uh, And this particular one being the laughable... (laughs) expectations versus reality of postpartum and all that comes along with it. Uh, that is all for today. Go get yourself a coffee and I will talk to you soon. Bye mama.